It's May 27th, 2020. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we have Rosie Aligato from the University of Hawaii Department of Oceanography, and uh, she is here to tell us about the partnership between the University of Hawaii and the city and county of Honolulu for COVID-19 testing. And then uh, we'll be joined by Ian Kitajima from Oceanet, Sarah Nanbu from the Box Jali, and Trung Lam from Latour. And we'll be talking about Aloha AI and how to gauge, using it to gauge economic recovery. And of course, we want to just get right into it. And I want to welcome Rosie Aligato from um, the University of Hawaii. And she's the Associate Professor in Oceanography. And of course, she's here to tell us about this partnership about COVID-19 testing. Welcome to the show, Rosie. Thank you for having me. Now, Rosie, uh, you know, there was a, a, a press release about how I guess it's the uh, Tropical Medicine Clinical Lab that is uh, involved with some of the COVID-19 testing and and this partnership with the um, with the Sydney County. And maybe you can explain, like, what is uh, what is that relationship and how will you provide services to uh, the Sydney County? Um, so the city and county of Honolulu has provided us with funding to be able to buy the equipment, the FDA-approved equipment necessary, as well as um, tests so that we can test up to 25,000 individuals um, for um, the RT-PCR test. That's the stuff you stick up your nose, mm-hmm. as well as for serology antibodies to see if anybody has developed um, immunity. And so that is funded through the CARES money, which is federal money coming through the city and county and coming to um, the new clinical, tropical medicine clinical lab at Jabsom. So, so tell me, how, how are you involved as a, as a part of the you know, Department of Oceanography and, and this whole tropical medicine clinic? Sure. So I wasn't always um, an oceanographer. I actually was trained in, in microbiology and immunology oh. from um, Stanford Medical School. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, my background is actually in infectious diseases, and when um, the COVID crisis hit, I really felt it was necessary to um, step up and see what I could do to assist, um, you know, the people of Hawaii and University of Hawaii as a state, part of the state, and I just really felt like it was our responsibility to help out how we could. And um, so I partnered with Dr. Vivek Narakar, who mm-hmm. is the head, the chair of the infectious, sorry, of the tropical medicine department. And together, we've been working for the past 10 weeks to establish this new clinical laboratory so that we can augment the testing capacity in state. Um, hopefully, there won't be a surge, but in case there is a surge as we open sectors of our economy, we really want to um, really help that effort and also to focus in particular on serving um, underserved populations and people who might not be able to have barriers to access. Um, COVID-19 testing because perhaps they're uninsured or maybe they're homeless. So um, we really see ourselves as a um, helping out the efforts that are already ongoing. So, you know, the the uh, setup over at the Tropical Medicine Clinical Lab, was there something special about that that was uh, uh, able, you were able to uh, position that as a place for the actual testing to take place? Yes. So um, Jabsum has already helped us, the dean, um, Dean Hedges, helped us to identify space that was already um, biosafety level two certified, which is what we need to have a clinical lab. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, for new um, research involving um, COVID-19, 
Jabsum really has the only biosafety level three lab in the state, and that will enable us um, to do even more research um, to identify things that are really unique about Hawaii's population. And so we have the possibility of both testing as well as conducting really cutting-edge research. And, and um, in terms of uh, the, the, the test itself, you said that the city county actually got some money, so they, they bought the test kits. Uh, these test, kit, test kits will be uh, distributed over at the, the community health centers across Oahu. Is that correct? Yes. So the way it's going to work is that it will be the community health care centers that will be collecting the samples from patients. Mm-hmm. And then we will be picking them up um, regularly and then um, performing the processing of those tests on campus at Jabsum. And then we'll be reporting those results back to the ordering clinician as well as to the Department of Health. Um, so it'll be just, just like, um, you know, clinical labs or, um, you know, CLH or DLS. We are setting up to do that. And then you said, uh, you said earlier there's, you are kind of equipped to do, uh, what, 25,000 COVID-19 tests? I, I think the press release said like 50,000. Is there... Is there uh, just another batch that you need to purchase or or get purchased to get up to that 50,000? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So one of the things is that these tests need to be stored cold on minus Mm. 20. So we don't want, we don't have, you know, it's really hard to find minus 20 freezer facilities to have that much. And so um, what we're doing is that we have been partnering with our vendor so that we can um, have the amount that we need that's appropriate, and then if needed, we can scale up. But yeah, our long-term goal is that by December, the end of December, we'll have um, been able to test up to fifty thousand um, for the RT-PCR and up to forty-nine thousand um, for the antibody test. And then uh, just for just for our listeners, so the the uh, COVID nineteen test is actually testing for the the virus itself, and then uh, for the forty the, for the antibodies is just is detecting the antibodies as a result of uh, the body reacting to the virus, I guess, in, in sort of the, the, after, the aftermath. Correct. So the RT-PCR, t- the QRT-PCR test um, will allow us to identify people who are actively infected mm-hmm. and have enough viral load in their body, who are producing enough virus that we can um, reach that limit of detection. And um, we'll be able to identify that in almost in many asymptomatic cases and likely all um, symptomatic cases. And then for the antibody test, those will test and identify, help us identify people who have been exposed and developed um, immunity or at least develop, had an immune response um, oh. to COVID-19. Very good. So is there some uh, website you want to share with us? Maybe we can uh, learn more. Yes. Um, our, our website is TMC, uh well, it's tmclinicallab.jabsum.hawaii.edu. Mm-hmm. Great. I'll uh, put that up on our show notes for later on tonight. Rosie, thanks for joining us. Thank you. And, of course, uh, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Ian Kitajima, Sarah Nanbu, and Trung Lam. We'll talk about uh, Aloha AI, artificial intelligence, and, of course, how it affects or how it can help detect some of the activities for our economic recovery. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, locations, and Honolulu Waldorf School. 
Welcome back to Bike Marks Cafe. I'm happy to welcome Ian Kitajima. He's a regular on this show, of course. And then uh, Sarah Nanbu and Trung Lam. Ian is the director over at Ocean and also known as the chief Innova- innovator and tech Sherpa. And, of course, Sarah is the strategic programs manager over at the Box Jelly. And she probably spends most of her time at the uh, Entrepreneur Sandbox. And Trung is the is a tech enthusiast. I know he's uh, always been a faithful listener to Bike Mars Cafe. And, of course, he is the CEO of Latour Group, LLC. I want to welcome you all to Bike Mars Cafe. Hey, Bert. Hello. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks. Thanks for uh, joining us. Now, um, I know that uh, we have spoken about Aloha AI and and um, Ian, I think, I think uh, you know, we've had some of your folks from Oceanit uh, sharing about yes. uh, the 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 you know, the toolkit that you've created and how students have been getting involved. And uh, I think it's a, it's a great, uh, a, you know, a great, great way of getting students sort of involved with AI. But, but you've taken it to the next level and, and looking at actually implementing it at some stores. But give us a little bit of a background on, on Aloha AI and, and what the Oceanet has created. Yeah, so, you know, thanks, Bert. So, you know, I mean, Oceanet's been doing research in artificial intelligence for the last few years, and so we can kind of see that that you know AI is kind of where the internet was in back in 1995. You know, it's going to be as transformative, if not more, than the internet was. And so, you know, the thought was, how do we bring artificial intelligence to students? Right? I mean, that that's a big a big goal. Um, but we started building out with the support of Kamehameha Schools and Public Schools of Hawaii Foundation, we started building out a toolkit. And as we started doing this, we started going around and sharing and just, just educating people about AI and to industries, uh, you know, like travel and all the different industries, including education. Uh, Superintendent Kishimoto asked uh, for a special uh, AI workshop just for herself and her leadership team. And, and really, education came out, you know, really strong, saying, you know, how do we bring the future to, uh, to our students? And so I got challenged by Keith Hayashi to bring it to his students. And so last year, we started building out um, disability or the most basic thing was really just counting people. I mean, counting people doesn't sound like a big deal, but, you know, uh, that's really hard for machines to do and computers to do only only very, very recently. And I want to say with, only within the last year or so, hardware and other things have come together to make it very affordable. And so all of a sudden we started um, putting it into the schools uh, at the beginning of this year, and then all of a sudden the whole COVID pandemic occurred, and you know nobody's at the school, so there's nobody to count at the school. So we started to partner with industry and businesses and started um, saying, okay, how, where do we, where can we put these sensors uh, while we still work with the students? So the students can still work at home with a computer and internet access and still answer, I think, important questions. But we needed a, we needed places to put these people counting sensors in the community and um, Box Jelly, Sandbox through HTDC and, you know, like Trun and um, Latour Cafe and others, uh, including Toyota, uh, uh, Toyota Hawaii have actually opened up their doors to let us put these sensors in there to let the kids uh, analyze the data. Yeah, so, uh, you know, when I, when I was able to attend the Aloha AI uh, workshops, I mean, it was a great demonstration of how... Uh, the toolkit can, let's say, gather up uh, photos, and if you were to 
run a test of uh, whether or not determining whether or not a shirt is a, an Aloha shirt or not a Aloha shirt. You kind of learn the process of training the machine to to detect you know one versus the other. And then the the counting seemed to be pretty straightforward, right? I mean, if you have people in in the frame, the the um, computer can actually detect people that are not only standing still but moving around in the frame. And I guess uh, you're able to to count that. Now, uh, you know, with both Trung um, and and Sarah, let me I'll start with Sarah. Uh, what was it that you saw? Uh, the need to maybe learn about uh, in in installing these these people counter sensors over at the sandbox. What did you want to learn as a result of uh, this this technology? Sure, I I think um, for us one of the things that was really attractive about about this project and being part of this network is that we have the ability to count the number of people who are coming into the sandbox mm-hmm. um, from our two main entrances every day. Um, right now, the sandbox is closed. It's been closed um, since March when the stay-at-home orders went out. So, you know, our members haven't had access. But as we gear up for reopening and we start allowing folks back into the space in a limited capacity, we want to be able to track how many people are in the space um, I, I believe that the next phase of this project is to count folks with masks. So I think that will be really valuable data to be able to share to our members. Um, for me, it's also exciting because in this whole transition um, to working from home process, um, we've had to adapt, um, you know, how we interact with our members. Uh, obviously, Sandbox is a physical place. So for us, we build community and communicate with people face-to-face. Um, as, you know, we've had to be at home and we can't, allow our members to come into the space, we've really had to adapt the way we communicate to folks. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that's moving online, email communication, you know, really ramping that up using other forms of digital communication. And for me, what's exciting about the Aloha AI project and the dashboard is that we can communicate to our members in real time how many people are in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can help folks plan, um, you know, oh, I can see that there's a lot of activity at the sandbox today to mitigate, to mitigate to mitigate my risk, excuse me, I might decide not to go in today. Or I can look at the historical data and say, hey, you know, Wednesdays are pretty busy days, so I'm going to choose to go to the sandbox on maybe a Tuesday or Thursday. Mm-hmm. So I think the the data that we can get from there is really exciting. No, no, that's good. It's, and, and for for Trung, I mean, it, you know, for the uh, Latour uh, uh, stores, I mean, you're already open, right, for people to come in and, and um, purchase things. So uh, when you when you decided to implement uh, install this this uh, sensors, uh, was it a uh, an an effort to kind of get a sense as to when are some of the more uh, trafficked times of the day? Uh, it, it's multifaceted. Uh, two of our core values at Latour are collaboration and growth mindset. We're always looking for uh, nonprofits or local businesses to collaborate with to either create positive change in, in food, like we, we did a thousand meal giveaway uh, a few, like a month ago with Show Aloha Challenge. And uh, if you combine tech and education, you got, you got my interest. So this was a wonderful project that, that Ian brought in front of me. Anytime I can help students learn about tech, I'm all for it. But from a business perspective, uh, you know, a lot of our locations are in strip malls. And as much as I my employees with trying to find better ways to serve our customers. There's only so many balls they can juggle in the air at one time. Mm-hmm. 
And when I saw this uh, the software and this, this tracking feature, I thought this was something great where I could track the number of people who go by my store and perhaps maybe don't come in. So I can see, are, are people walking by and are they not interested or are they going to a competitor? And that was data that before this, I was not really able to get in a cost-effective manner. Oh, okay. That's a that's a novel novel uh, uh, use of the data. Now, now, Ian. I mean, can you explain a little bit about the the actual uh, technology that's implemented? I know that uh, you've yeah. gotten some pretty cool, uh, you know, all in one packages of of AI that that uh, you know is already kind of put together with cameras and sensors and you know, uh, able to connect it to the internet. So what's what's maybe describe some of the yeah. components. Yeah. So, so 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 the hardware itself is a pretty simple piece of equipment um, that we, we can place um, pretty much anywhere as long as we have power and a Wi-Fi uh, access point. Mm-hmm. Um, we can kind of plug it in and kind of hide it away. Um, uh, and it, it's it's very simple. Everything is done, all the processing actually happens on the computer side. So it happens on this little tiny computer. Uh, the detection, everything happens there. Um, we then, what we send to the cloud, to the database in the cloud, is simply a date timestamp and a classification. So is this a person? Is this a car, a vehicle? So we can actually count other types of objects, including vehicles. Um, I think I mentioned earlier we're, we're, we're doing a, a pig counting uh, project on the Big Island. Um, but we can. But what we send is basically text information. So we don't actually take pictures, store pictures, audio. We don't do any of that. So we can really maintain privacy. You may walk in front of the sensor a hundred times, but I don't know that 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 that's you. All I know is that a person came in front of this uh, sensor, and we counted it and we sent it to the cloud. Mm-hmm. All of that gets pulled down into essentially. Um, a Google uh, spreadsheet, a Google Sheet, and then from there uh, we can pull that into other things like Tableau, or we use Data Studio by Google. Mm-hmm. So we can, so the students actually learn how to uh, basically tell stories, and really that's what we try and focus on is having the kids tell stories versus be okay. We're going to make you a data analyst. That comes later. If you cannot tell tell a, tell a story based on what the data tells you. Um, and think about what is the question you're trying to answer. So we really work with the students to figure out first, like what is that question you're trying to answer? If you could count people, and um, you know, I'm just looking at uh, Latour's uh, information here, Trun. And you know, if you look at wh- how your weekday tra- people traffic is versus weekend traffic, it is it is significantly different, right? There's different patterns, and so we would ask the kids, so what does this tell you based on this kind of information? Um, so very simple hardware. Um, a lot of sophisticated um, software things happening uh, in, in the background. Uh, but again, trying to make it as simple and easy as possible. So essentially, we have seventh, sixth graders, seventh graders actually using artificial intelligence uh, to answer these very difficult questions that, you know, just recently, um, you would need, literally have to have a person standing there just clicking away. So, you know, I, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, how the data actually gets to the students. And is there another component of this uh, I'll call it an experiment. You know, you have the retail side, you have you have Sarah, you have Chung, you know, they've already sort of installed it, and then there's the data that gets uploaded to the cloud. And what I'm curious about is how does how do the students get directed to actually using that data? But we want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after the short break to continue our conversation with Ian Kitajima, Sarah Nanbu, and Chung Lam. 
Uh, and we're talking about AI and using it to kind of gauge the economic recovery. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Ian Kitajima from Oceanit, Sarah Nanbu from The Box Jelly, and Trung Lam from Latour. And we're talking about Aloha AI and, of course, the people counter that's uh, been developed by, by Oceanit. And right before the break, we're talking about the, the data that gets uh, created. And, and, and Ian, you were, you were describing it as, as basically being uh, a text kind of uh, data upload to the cloud. It's not, it's not detecting any kind of uh, image of people. It's not a facial recognition. It's just, it's just basically text and numbers. Sarah, I mean, so I guess maybe is for the, for the sandbox, um, we're probably a little too early to actually what, get a, a good sense of the data at this stage. not we're not too early um right now it's been up for we've had our sensors up for the last two weeks Mm -hmm. our space obviously isn't open to our members yet but for folks who do have private offices here as well as the sandbox and hvc staff who have been coming into the space um you know there is some activity here and it, it is cool to see um what's been gathered on our dashboard. Um, We're able to see that, you know, there is a little bit more traffic and activity on Mondays, and that aligns with, you know, what we expect, Mm -hmm. given when we get deliveries, um, when folks stop by. Um, We're also able to see when our space is busiest. So we see um, that folks are coming in in the morning, in the mid-morning, and then leaving in the early afternoon. Um, That also aligns right now with what what we're seeing with the space. Um, But I think... Yeah, I, like you said, we'll get to see more um, mm-hmm. once our space opens up to our members. Now, now, Chung, in a in a similar way, you're you're already uh, uploading data, and uh, you have some ideas on on how this data might be uh, revealing in terms of uh, the the characteristics or the patterns of of people as they walk by, whether they enter or or not enter. Uh, I, I'm just curious, how would you like to see that data be further analyzed and uh, is it is it something that you will personally kind of get your hands on, or is this something that? Uh, and maybe this question is kind of for Ian too. Is how does the how does the student actually now get a hold of the data and and actually ideate around you know various analytic uh, stories that could they could tell about it? And Chung, I'll, I'll give it to you first. Um, for me, I'm I'm seeing this as a long play. I'm, I'm really curious about it. I see the potential for this technology to really help us um, get some actionable data uh, beyond just how many people walk by. Uh, I would like to know how long people are spending in line, mm-hmm. and knowing that dwell time, knowing if people are walking in, seeing a line, and then walking out, which is something uh, I know happens on occasion when we do have long lines at lunch. But I, I don't really have an easy way of tracking that because I don't have someone constantly watching the door. So to me, I'm looking forward to seeing this technology mature and getting much more actionable data out of it. So, so with that, uh, Ian, so Chung has already described some things that he would like to see. How would you describe the process by which students are now perhaps getting a hold of the data and, and uh, looking at it 
and perhaps even answering the questions that uh, Chung just brought up. Yeah, so, you know, I, I think uh, so much uh, uh, for the students, come, you know, the, the challenge comes from the business. So as we put these sensors in, we're, uh, we're asking businesses to think about, and again, this is hard for businesses too because they've never had this ability, right? So, you know, so say you had a new uh, menu system, a, a new menu Right, um, and you wanted to see how effective that menu. And I was telling Trun, you know, if you, you know, if you imagine a menu outside the outside of on your window, right, um, you know, you could measure the effectiveness of that because now you you have a, essentially an artificial human that's just counting how many people come up and walk up to that menu, right. And as you switch out that menu, you can you can then see the impact it has on the traffic in your store. And but these kinds of questions are what um, we would throw to the students, right. So, so say you have a series of sensors, so there's five sensors at Latour, and really Trun, when working with Trun and the students, we would throw, here's kind of the, the data challenge that we want the students to uh, use the data and analyze it. So a lot of this information is um, available directly to the students. Uh, we have a, a special website set up where students can kind of walk through uh, all the training materials that we've developed, and, and they can then be thrown the data challenge and, and the assignment, uh, and, and go ahead and answer that. And the other component that we're trying to uh, add to this is kind of a learn and earn component. We know a lot of students are having to also work during this time to help support their families. So uh, we're looking at, um, and we have some initial support, so that the students that participate in, for example, in a, in a, in a challenge that Trun would put out, um, we would buy gift cards from Latour Cafe to provide to the students who would participate in those challenges. So it's not just purely just a learning thing, but also an opportunity for students to apply their skills to helping a real business like Latour or the Box Jelly or to Hawaii or Fulan or some other local businesses here in Hawaii. What, what schools are, are kind of a top of the list that are actually ready to yeah. take on this data, data challenge? Yeah, so we do have, of course, you know, the, the initial schools that we started with, which have been kind of the pioneering schools, of course, Waipahu High School and Kamehameha Schools. And, but more, more recently, because of the COVID uh, situation, Hawaii Technology Academy, HTA, mm -hmm. uh, because they're kind of a hybrid school and a lot of the students um, come to a physical campus but also uh, uh, kind of work from home in a way, go do their schooling from home, they are been really, really um, on top of this. And um, we're starting to look at how do we incorporate these students into kind of like an AI internship where they're, they're focused on these data challenges, uh, working with businesses, so really kind of exposing them to the most cutting-edge technologies, putting it in their hands, putting it into local businesses to help them restart. But then it's kind of a real-world kind of experience, and at the same time, they can earn a little bit of uh, gift cards and things to, uh, to help their family out. And, and uh, so, like, uh, both, I guess, Sarah and Trung, I mean, real quickly, do you, do you see getting involved with helping to uh, be a part of some of this data challenge, uh, getting in front of the kids? Sarah? Sure, I can, I can jump in. Um, yeah, I, I think that would be great. I mean, in the name of the sandbox, um, you know, Entrepreneur Sandbox is Sandbox, and mm -hmm. we want uh, this place to be a test bed for technology. And I think that having this pilot project in our space is, you know, exactly what this space is built for. And then, uh, uh, Trung, I know you're, you're probably very interested in getting in, in front of the students and get, get, getting them challenged with some of the questions that you have. Well, we're, we're quickly, um, Ian... Uh, I know the dashboard is is uh, you know ready. Can I? I'm going to be putting that up on the show notes for later on. Uh, you also mentioned Servco. Any other any other companies that are uh, coming online? Real quick. 
Um, so actually, through the state, I mean, uh, Len Higashi and HTDC uh, has provided uh, the sandbox, but there's also Nelha uh, on the Big Island and MRTC, the Maori Research Tech Center on Maui, is also locations that will be getting sensors out. Um, of course, at Oceanet, we have sensors uh, and also sensors uh, looking down on Fort Stream Mall. Uh, and uh, and we're, we really are looking for local businesses, so... You know, folks like Foodland and Zippy, City Mill, ABC Drugstores, and others that want to look we'll at that, how do you manage. We'll get that up on our. our yeah, we'll, yeah, I'll put the uh, the dashboard up, and people might have some ideas on on getting uh, getting involved. Ian Kitajima is a director over at Oceanet. Sarah is a program manager over at the Box Jelly, and Trung Lam is the CEO over at Latour Group. And of course, I want to thank you all for joining us today. And of course, thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk to Mana Up's next cohort and how they are managing through this pandemic. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarscafe.org. And of course, if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday and anytime via the HPR app. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Mm-hmm.